This is Inside Indiana Business Radio for the afternoon of Thursday, February 1st, 2024. I'm Kate Sharon. West Lafayette-based agricultural technology company Solymphitech is partnering with a nearby manufacturer to begin production of its autonomous robots used to more efficiently detect and spray weeds on crops. The Solix robots are solar-powered and can run 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and are designed to provide target spraying when weeds are detected at an early stage, which brings multiple benefits for farmers such as reduced use of herbicide and higher crop yields. Chief Operations Officer Gulermi Gunay. That is the main point that we decide to go ahead with them because they have the right scale for us by that time and they have this good background, good knowledge. Uh, especially talking about uh, manufacturing products for agriculture and for farmers at the end. So Lymphtech is investing more than $2 million to have Stillwater's Manufacturing produce the robots at its facility in New Richmond, about 20 miles south of West Lafayette. SK Hynix, a semiconductor chip maker based in South Korea, plans to build a cutting-edge packaging plant in Indiana, according to a report Thursday in the Financial Times. The move would give a boost to the U.S. Department of Commerce's recent launched $3 billion effort to stimulate the domestic chip packaging industry. The Indiana plant will be funded out of a $22 billion investment in the U.S. that was announced by the SK Group's conglomerate's chair, Che Taewon, during a public conference call with President Biden in 2022, according to the Financial Times report. The location and cost of the plant are unclear. Representatives of SK Hynix told FT that, quote, our official position is that we are currently considering a possible investment in the U.S., but haven't made a final decision yet. A representative of the Indiana Economic Development Corporation told IBJ on Thursday that the agency would not comment about any specific developments. The Indiana House has approved a bill that would allow the city of Hammond to implement a 1% food and beverage tax. House Bill 1121, which includes a number of tax-related provisions, passed this week by a vote of 67 to 29 and now moves to the Senate. If approved by the legislature and signed into law by Governor Eric Holcomb, the city would be able to enact an additional 1% tax on all sales of dine-in and carry-out food and drinks beginning July 1st. Our partners at the Times of Northwest Indiana report the revenue generated from the tax would be used for the West Lake Corridor Extension Project, downtown redevelopment, and expansion or improvement of the Hammond Sportsplex or Wolf Lake Pavilion. From the number one source for Indiana Business News, this is Inside Indiana Business Radio. Looking for a great way to tip off the 2024 NBA All-Star Weekend in Indy? I'm Gary Dick, inviting you to join business and community leaders from throughout the state at the Economic Club of Indiana Luncheon, sponsored by IBJ Media. It's February 15th at noon at the Indiana Convention Center. I'll be interviewing NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, giving you an inside look at the league and all things All-Star Weekend. Reserve your ticket or table for right now at economicclubofindiana.com. Hoosier lawmakers want to guarantee school counselors have more time to provide services for students that are increasingly in demand while spending less time filling in elsewhere, like as substitute teachers or on lunch and recess duty. IIB's Alex Brown has more. 
Senate Bill 141 is headed to the full chamber after the Senate Education Committee voted unanimously in its favor on Wednesday. Republican Senator Gene Lysing of Oldenburg, who authored the bill, said it's part of a push to combat Indiana's school counselor crisis. The American School Counselor Association recently reported that Indiana has a student-to-counselor ratio of 694 to 1, well above the national average and currently the highest in the country. As of 2023, schools employed just under 1,500 counselors counselors statewide for more than 1 million students. With the need of Hoosier students growing more demanding, Indiana school counselors say they're experiencing their own crisis. Kendall Weiss, a school counselor and chair of the state association's advocacy committee, told lawmakers that counselors in elementary schools are often forced to take on supervisory roles outside the scope of their normal duties. At the secondary level, counselors are frequently tasked with overseeing assessments such as advanced placement exams. The latest draft of Weising's bill requires that for the 2024-25 academic year, schools must ensure that at least 60% of a school counselor's aggregate time on the clock is devoted to providing direct services to students. That increases to 85% beginning with the 2025-26 school year. Schools that have a ratio of fewer than 350 students per school counselor are exempt from the time requirement provisions. Alex Brown, Inside Indiana Business, Radio. Strategic consulting firm Mapped Solutions is once again offering a challenge grant to Indiana not-for-profit organizations looking to maximize their potential. The winner of the Mapped Transportation Challenge will receive a $75,000 grant for strategic planning services with the Indianapolis-based company, an additional $25,000 in cash to support the not-for-profit in carrying out its plans. Examples of what the grant could support include charting a new direction or launching a new not-for-profit, seizing a new opportunity to help the organization grow, or enhancing program services for greater reach and impact. Liston Financial Services, which is Brownsburg-based State Bank's Wealth Management Division, is being rebranded under a new name, Compass Investment Services. State Bank decided to change its name as part of a transition from a traditional to full-service investment team. The number of Americans filing for jobless benefits rose last week to the highest level in 11 weeks, though layoffs remain at historically low levels. Applications for unemployment benefits climbed to 224,000 for the week ending January 27, an increase of 9,000 from the previous week, the Labor Department reported Thursday. The four-week average of claims, a less volatile measure, rose by 5,250 to 207,750. Weekly unemployment claims are seen as a proxy for the number of U.S. layoffs in a given week. They have remained at extraordinarily low levels despite efforts by the U.S. Federal reserve to cool the economy. Hard Truth Distilling Company co-founder Jeff McCabe is this week's guest on the Business and Beyond podcast with Gary Dick, presented by PNC, a weekly conversation with high-profile Hoosiers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond, available now from your favorite podcast provider. I'm Kate Sharon for Inside Indiana Business, radio on demand.